by split decision. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Split Decision UK. This is episode 44. This is the everyman's view on the world of MMA. We're here to talk about UFC. We've had a huge event at the weekend. Maybe we'll get a little bit of uh, some other chat in there as well. My name's Joe, as always. I'm joined over, over Skype by my co-host, Matt. Another Monday evening in the books, Matthew. How you doing? Oh, yes. I'm feeling good. <laughs> How are you, big man Joe? All good, thanks. Yeah, I'm in good spirits as well. Uh, clearly you are. You're pumping on this Monday. I'm always in good spirits. <laughs> How was your weekend? It was good, yeah. It was very, very quiet. Just kept it quiet. Gone down the gym. Been trying to get on a bit of a fitness kick recently, but enjoyed myself nonetheless. What about you? Um, yeah, not, I've been trying to get wedged like yourself, Joe. <laughs> I had a very quiet one like yourself. Also, I uh, went to my family's to watch the fights. Have a bit of a food festival yesterday as well with them. So it was very enjoyable. An all-round good weekend. Yeah, it was. And to top it off, we had the fights and they was on Saturday evening. Perfect time, really, weren't it? Yeah, normal UK time. We did have to pay for it, Joe. The million dollar question, did you? I did. I thought out. I thought out. We, we were sitting there talking about it last week, weren't we? And we were talking about this main event. And I just had to see it. I had to see this one. I had to see it live. 20 quid. It's only 20 quid, isn't it? So, yeah, thought out. Yeah, I did as well. Sold my soul to the BT devil. <laughs> Should we get cracking then? Uh, with a massive main event. I was pumped for it at the time. I was standing up. The goosebumps were going. It, it was one of the most, if not his most impressive performance, Khabib. I think that's exactly it, wasn't it? The fight itself wasn't as comp- competitive as we thought it might be. And, you know, I was thinking about this fight earlier, you know, t- trying to gather my thoughts about what I was going to say. And ultimately, I think it was Khabib looking better than ever, wasn't it? He's, he's not slowing down. He's never been beaten before. And, you know, people are saying that each time he fights, it's an opportunity for people to learn a bit more, expose a weakness. But those weaknesses just don't seem to be there, really, with Khabib. He gets better and better. He's just getting better and better at the one thing that no one can stop already. Yeah. And it's just unbelievable. You look back at all his performances, the Connor one, you could argue one round that might have gone to Connor, The Michael Johnson one where he got cleanly hit. The Ally Quinn one people were moaning about despite the, the massive lopsided decision. But this one... Bar a very, very dicey moment in round three, which we'll probably get to in a second, was almost flawless. When you sort of couple that with the fact he had his dad in his corner, the whole of the arena and the country um, and whole religion almost behind him, to have that pressure on a 30-year-old man's back, he's a lot to deal with. And he, and he dealt with it um, so calmly and with such professionalism. I thought it was one of the best performances I've seen from a champion you know, many a year. Yeah, absolutely, and it didn't take him any time to get going at all, really. If you think about that first round, it was on it on the feet for a, maybe a minute at best, and then he shot in, and straight away he's got a takedown. Dustin did okay to fend him off, you know, momentarily almost, but it was it was complete dominance pretty much from the get go. Uh, it, it, it'd be difficult to say you were dif- disappointed in Dustin Poirier. I think he did do okay, like you say, he did have that moment where. He almost looked like he was turning the tide and you, you thought he might have got away with it there. But it was a shutout. It was a shutout and he, he just looked so impressive, Khabib. I think there's one man that he can face next. But yeah, I mean, what, what do you think? D- could Dustin have done more? It's difficult to say, isn't it? He, he even asked that question of himself afterwards. But he, he kind of rocked Khabib a little bit. He had a few moments where he landed with some good shots and sent Khabib uh, on, his, on his back foot a little bit. 
and then he hung on to that guillotine for quite a while which was dangerous at one point but it's unlikely that you're going to pull it off could was there anything else Dustin could have done what can you do he's he's a juggernaut Khabib he when he like you say he was having that success at the beginning of the second round it seemed like he landed uh, one or two shots but when you start to open up on him on the feet he just goes back to plan a and just ducks under and gets him down again and beats him up it's just impossible to to fight against so you can't really argue from dustin's point of view you can understand why he was absolutely gutted he never really got anything going all this preparation sort of been built for his whole career for this moment and it's almost like he just got steamrolled but what you can do to him, it's, there's a not a lot of offense you can get on someone who's on you like that for that long. And with that sort of grappling background, I mean, Dustin's primarily a striker. I mean, the, the matchup suited Khabib anyway, but when he gets him down, what can you do? Well, I think the only man who can do something, and we, we've been waiting, it seems like a lifetime to see it, is Tony Ferguson. You've got to see that Tony Ferguson fight next. He has got a grappling base. He's got the most ridiculous cardio in the world. He can hurt you from anywhere. He's good off his back. That's that's the only fight now, isn't it? Well, Dustin's only sort of real sort of opportunity to close the show there was that guillotine off his back. And Ferguson is a lot more dangerous and a lot more versatile in that position, what with elbows and uh, other submissions as well. I just think it is sort of tailor-made, really, for him. And I would be leaning towards Ferguson, if I'm honest, in these sort of... as an early call, almost... Because Khabib is a bit more one-dimensional uh, than other champions, and I think I think Tony's got too many tools. Particularly, he, Cruz sort of alluded to it at the end of the broadcast. He was saying his mind ticks a little bit differently to other fighters, whereby he's probably not going to be worried he's going to get taken down. He's not overthinking it. He's not going to be overawed in there against Khabib, and that is the perfect foil for someone as dominant as Khabib. I think he beats him on the feet. Cardio-wise, Khabib's been known to sort of slow down a little bit and take rounds off, and you don't want to take rounds off against Tony. Joe, what do you reckon? What's your early call on that, if it gets made? Yeah, great points there, I think. Definitely some great points. I think what you could say is when you look at Tony Ferguson and you look at Khabib's last two wins, Tony Ferguson isn't getting caught in a rear naked choke, is he? That's 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 never going to happen. And then you think, well, that leaves Khabib with one option. He's got to sort of, he's got to beat him up on the ground and get a finish there. And I think even that looks very unlikely when you, you see a Tony's last fights. I don't think he's ever ever been stopped if I'm wrong so you know I think Tony's got an excellent excellent chance better on the feet but again is his grappling good enough to beat Khabib that's the question isn't it because no one else has been so it's not out of the question to see Khabib doing pretty much exactly what he does maybe nicking four rounds to one or three rounds to two maybe Tony makes a better fist of it than everyone else but it's still very very difficult to look past Khabib but you know, in our minds when we're trying to get hyped up for the fight, yeah, absolutely, Tony Ferguson's got a better shot compared to any other man that has fought Khabib and probably better than anyone else out there. So they'll have to make that fight now. They've got no other option. Let's just hope it, it comes to fruition this time. What would you do if they didn't make it, Joe? <sighs> I might write an email. I might go to that extreme. It, it, it's, it just worries me. All the, the things that Dana's saying, he's saying, yeah, Connor's angling for a rematch. It's a fight that people would like to see. You can't. You can't. If they make that, look, I don't know anyone who wants to see it. I mean, you look, it's, it's almost like what, 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 what is a different outcome to what happened the first time? I mean, there was no real evidence that he can hang with him. It's almost like Sammy Marks would do Mayweather McGregor because he won the first round. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, no, yeah. Maybe the disparity in class is a, a little bit shorter, but it's still the same thing stands, particularly when you've got at least one more person who's more deserving. I mean, if they make that, I'll be absolutely gutted, but I would not put it past them one eye open. <laughs> What about the rest of this card then? We had a decent co-main. Felder came out with a victory. What did you think about that decision? Barboza looked like he'd had it in the bag when the first judge had it 30-27 to Barboza. And then we had a 30-27 read out. Barboza thought he had it. Did you think that as well? Well, I, I could have argued that Felder won 2-1, perhaps. But like you say, when they said 30-27, you think he's wrapped it up because Definitely. some of the rounds were very close. But some of them judges all along the card were just, don't know what they were watching. It must have been too hot in there, honestly, because <laughs> some, how can you have 30-27? It's like me fighting you. You win 3-0, I win 3-0 and 2-1. Who's watching that? Yeah, God knows. Unbelievable. I, I could have given it to either way. Uh, I thought Barboza won the first two, to be honest. Bano they're giving that round to Felder in the first round, but is what it is. Who, who are they employing? I don't not know. Who do you think won? Yeah, pretty pretty, pretty similar, to be honest. It, Either way, I wouldn't have minded. I think it's more the score, the scorecards themselves that just uh, present quite a lot of confusion because that, that was a little bit all over the place. But what do you reckon for the Irish Dragon? I was thinking Cerrone, Gaethje, loser. Yeah, I think that's probably a good shout in, t- in terms of the rankings, in it? Where, they all, where they're all placed at the minute, perhaps even the hooker, Ally Quinter winner, maybe, yes. which we've got in Australia, I think. So, yeah, somewhere along that line, I do feel like that Felder does have a bit of a ceiling. Good job he's got that sort of thing on the side where he could go into the commentating. Um, I think he would have lost at the weekend. He might not, might have even hung him up, to be honest, because, like I say, I think he's only so far he can actually go. I mean, I don't know what you feel about that, Joe. It seems a little bit harsh, but when you look at the, the top end of that division, you do feel that he probably wouldn't be able to compete. Yeah, the division is probably almost too stacked really with the amount of talent in there but I think even Felder alluded to that in his post-fight speech after it, after it was done he looked very emotional and he was saying he doesn't need to do this he's got a commentary gig he's very good at it he said he, he wants to be an actor he can go out, out there and do that so yeah fair play to him but he's he's entertaining isn't he you can't knock that great character great to see him around oh, oh plenty of time for Paul, Paul Felder don't you worry about that what about the rest of this card then want to run for a couple what stood out to you uh, Bladesy battered that fella. He did, didn't Pretty he? Pretty easy work. Yeah, yeah. Very, very easy night's work for him. Getting down, elbow him in the face. Vicious, vicious elbows from that on that ground and pound, wasn't it? Yeah, Blazy did what Blazy does. It was a very impressive performance. That's it. Just fight anyone that isn't called Francis and Garner, and he's probably <laughs> up there. <laughs> yeah. I thought uh, Makachev looked good as well, though, against Davy Ramos. It was a difficult fight, tricky, really, kind of. It, it meant he had to work with a slightly different game plan, but he overcome the odds in the win, in the end, and I thought he put on a pretty good performance. And he's I just noticed he's up to 15 in the rankings now, so he's making his way. Yeah, he called out the winner of the Felder-Barboza fight. I don't think he'll get that, considering sort of, well, that's like 10 spaces in the rankings, isn't it? Yeah. I'd like to see him fight Gregor Gillespie. Where the hell is Gregor Gillespie at? I've got no idea. I think Gregor Gillespie could make a real run for the title, and I think if you look at his credential, he's a, he's a, he's a good matchup for Khabib, but I've got no idea why he hasn't fought. It must be close to a year. That's probably a slight exaggeration, but it's been, it feels like an absolute age since we saw Gillespie. He's so inactive. I mean, he I is. think Khabib will be long gone by the time he actually manages to get to that point. Yeah, probably You're right. absolutely right. He's got such a perfect foil for him. The, the, 
that's what's going to take to beat Khabib, and it's someone who can outstrike him, but's got a similar wrestling uh, sort of level, and that's what he's got. So, yeah, but I think I've, that's the sort of level Islam Makachev should be fighting next in them lower teens in the the rankings where Gillespie is. But it, an impressive performance nonetheless. Yeah, and I thought Carlos Diego Ferreira put on a cracking show against Tysonov. Brilliant fight all the way through. Fifteen minutes of war, pretty much. And uh, Ferreira just had too much for him, too much pressure. Uh, and it, I think that's a pretty effective win there. You look at Tysonov, he doesn't fight too regularly himself, but he, he usually stops people and Ferreira ever so slightly up and down. Brilliant performance from him. That was a cracking fight. And also, shout out to bad mofo Jojo. Joanne Calderwood picked up a very uh, important win against Andrea Lee. She closed out the prelims and she, she got on the mic and she pretty much called out a title shot. So... You know she's she's very polite. She's got a very softly spoken Scottish accent, but she did actually ask for a title shot. So fair play to Jojo. Yeah, you could argue that she beat Chikagian last time out as well. So I think she's in a very good spot there, Lee. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph. I think she was unbeaten in the UFC in her run. I think she was three and zero. So Jojo put, put put stop to that. And yeah, I didn't see the call out. Was it was it as polite as I would imagine, or did she get a bit? Absolutely. Zesty on the mic. No, no. Well, she, you could t- you could tell she meant it. She definitely meant it, but it was very polite, and it was kind of like, yeah, if there is another one, though, for good money, I'll do that. But otherwise, I want a title shot. So, I was I was happy with it. Put it that way. Well, he's hoping then. Exactly. Exactly. And if, anything else on that card? That is it for me, my friend. Lully. So, shall we move on, Joe? What else we got? We got any fight news? Or should, uh, actually, let's go back to the picks. Yeah, pickaroonies. It was a close oh, week. I've got a bone to pick with these picks, <laughs> let me tell you. I thought you might. Right, shall we run through them? So yeah, go on. We make our weekly predictions. We make a few four to five picks usually every week. We've got a little comp- uh, score system going on. Uh, we get a winner each week. So I was 10-4 up going into this week. Matt, you had Dustin Poirier to win, so you don't get any points for that. You had Barboza to win, so you don't get any points for that either. You had Makachev to win by decision, so you get two points for there for the winner and the method. You had Bladesy round two TKO, so you get three points there for the method round and winner. And you had Tysonov to win, so that's a total of five points there. I had Khabib to win, that's one point. I had Felder decision, that's two points, that's a total of three. Makachev, I got four points. Bladesy TKO gets me six points. I got Tysonov, so I got that wrong as well. You know what that means? Nice 6-5 victory to me this weekend on this new point system you brought in. I'm loving it. Well, I've been robbed, really, haven't I? Because you Be absolutely nailed Blazy. Uh, I, I couldn't nail Blazy if I tried, I don't think. <laughs> I think uh, the judges on Felder Barboza absolutely robbed me. Yeah, yeah, you're probably I'm right. I'm sitting there thinking, before this main event, I thought, as long as Felder... I knew I was in front going into that fight. I thought, <laughs> as long as Barboza gets the win, it doesn't matter about the main event. Poirier's a free hit. And then they read out, like you say, that 30-27 uh, for the yeah, second time. And I, I thought you I had got it. it wrapped up. <laughs> I was rubbing my hands. And then he's pulled out the Irish Dragon, did buffer. So, yeah, absolutely fuming. <laughs> absolutely fuming. But what's the score now, then? 11-4 to me now, I'm afraid. Yep, 11-4. It is good what? watching it watching it live when you've got your picks going, though, ain't it? Because it adds a little extra spice to it because it's getting quite tasty now. Yeah, because we had them sort of lined up a little bit similar up until that co-main yeah. event, and we both had them flip reverse. So, yeah, it was enjoyable watching that until I heard them cards read out. <laughs> Unhappy Bunny is an understatement. So, shall well, we move on? Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. 
Thank you very much. All right then, sir. Right. Shall, shall we move on to the Safawa, our weekly award here at Split Decision UK? It is the Simon Safarov Award for outstanding achievement. We give this out every week, and it can be for bastardry or it can be for brilliance. We're not fussy. We just like to be entertained. So, Matt, it's been a bit of a dry week, and I, I, I thought I could give it to Poirier when you look at his comments after after his his loss there, and he, he said his quote is sort of a. In, in victory be grateful and in defeat be graceful brilliant quote you can put that on the t-shirt right now I thought he should get a, a shout out I thought he carried himself very well gave it a good go yeah decent effort yeah I, I thought uh, the little touch at the end when they swapped shirts and Khabib said he'll be giving the uh, money to charity that he sells uh, Dustin's shirt online for and then Dana afterwards said he match whatever Khabib makes for that charity I thought it was a nice touch from from all three of them as well could be worth a shout yeah yeah definitely that is a great touch that is worth a shout in itself and I think it leads it on to the only man that can really win the Safawa this week and that is Khabib Namagamedov just absolutely imperious you look at these comments during the lead up he's he's He's, he's, he's entertaining in a way when he speaks because when he speaks you listen because you know that he means what he says he's very cold he's very cool and calculated he, he takes takes no messing about he had a few comments on Connor and Connor last week and they can be quite chilling but he handles himself quite well whatever whatever you think think about him and he put on such an impressive victory he's getting better every single time and he's unbeaten he's 20, 28 and 0 and he's unbeaten and he's still getting better he's still beating all the challenges that get put in front of him. Every time we think that, right, this might be the bloke, this is, this is the bloke who's going to beat him. He comes up, he steps up, and he performs even better. And what I particularly liked was he ran out and he jumped out of the cage again this time after his victory. But he ran up to Dana Wyatt and he gave him a big hug. And I think that just means what, that shows what this kind of means to Khabib. It means a lot for him to be able to bring the UFC back over to Abu Dhabi and put it on in front of kind of his own people, if you like, people of the same religion. It's kind of a region of the world that he, he feels like he represents. And I thought, overall, when you put all that together, he just put on a brilliant show of himself. Superbly put, Joe. Couldn't agree more. So, yeah, congratulations, Khabib. You are this week's Safar winner. Going back to that point, you said about him jumping out of the cage. Did you clock in the promo that they, they are heavily hamming up for him jumping out of the cage in the corner fight, even though they're extremely disgusted with his behaviour and got a ban? Yeah, they're still doing it, aren't they? I thought, they love it. I thought when you, when you when I used it to promote the Connor fight, you thought, okay, you kind of you come out and said this is absolutely disgusting, and then you're showing it every five minutes. But all right, it involved Connor and Khabib, so they're fighting. It makes sense. But to see that they're still using it is a little bit surprising. But I guess it, at, it, at least it, pretend that you're you're disgusted. Yeah, don't you? yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I thought it's worth a mention. Yeah, absolutely. So about, a bit of fight news? Yeah, love a bit of this, a bit of fight news. We've got a little bit going this week. Where do you want to start? I think we should start at the top, if I'm honest. This is the main talking point of the week. UFC 244, Madison Square Garden. We we heard it would be happening. Uh, now official, Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal for the BMF title. Joe, they, they love an interim title, but they, they've gone one step further here. They created a, a custom title for this particular fight. Uh, the bad motherfucker, championship of the world. What do you make of this one? I prefer them to interim titles. I think they're a step, a step above, really. But the it's fight... interesting to see what the cut, the uh, what the design will be. I mean, yeah. it'll be a picture of a Swede uh, smoking a big joint, or what? I mean, what, any might... ideas? It could be Samuel L. Jackson. We know he loves a motherfucker. Oh, he certainly does. He certainly shirt. does. 
No, but I think the fight in itself is just, it's amazing, isn't it? It's everything you can want in a fight. Two absolute legends of the sport. And if you look at them recently, they're only just really entering their prime. Their demeanour, their characters are brilliant. They're outstanding on the mic. They're funny. They're intimidating. They, they take no shit. They are world-class fighters on a huge stage. They're headlining as, as well on it. Main event at the moment. I think Dana's come out and said, yeah, it has to be a main event. And what a brilliant choice. Five rounds of this. Absolutely perfect. Not only stylistically, even if you take that out, they're, they're, they're just real, aren't they? They're just real yeah. and, and relatable, which is why they're so popular, the pair of them. And that's why it's so rare that you'll get a pay-per-view main evented. Yes, there's no t- there's BMF title or whatever, but it's, it's a non-title <laughs> fight. And you don't get pay-per-views unless you're sort of Connor or Ronda or someone like that or Brock Lesnar and main event it. And this just shows you the stature of both men. So I think it's a fantastic main event. Almost sort of come together through a bit of luck, really, or bad luck, depending on who you are. Kamara Usman and Covington, it was going to be. It seems like uh, initially people were saying that Covington is the one who was stalling on it. But it seems to transpire that it's Usman who's, who's sort of wanting the more money. They were going to do Covington and Usman, and then it turned out Usman turned down the Masvidal fight. I think Edwards was thrown in there as well. So this one sort of come after a few few different goes on with different matchups. So great uh, sort of result of the fight there to have. Can't get a bigger fight than this. No, I think that's interesting as well. Actually, the way the sort of stars have just aligned. Even if you all those dropouts and stuff that you've mentioned, even if you look back before that. The way that Masvidal, after a bit of a, a bit of time off, has come back and then just put two absolutely outstanding performances together, two uh, big, huge knockouts, and then almost exactly straight after that, Nate Diaz has come back and put on an outstanding show himself. It is, it is just crazy how it is. You know, the start, like I say, the stars have just aligned and everything's gone come together to just give us this fight. And in in name and hype and build up, it's probably the the best fight of the year. And, you know, you wouldn't argue against it when all is all said and done, it being the best fight of the year either, because it's just outstanding in all facets. Who do you think is going to win at the moment? Hmm. That's a question. I don't know, really. I think they're quite evenly matched, if I'm honest. They Maybe are, Shane, very. He's, he's, he hasn't really got much ring rust. He come back looking as good as ever. George on hell of a run at well or eight. You'd probably favour Nate when it goes to the ground, but that's if it goes to the ground. Standing up, I'm likely to be inclined to think that this will be just a standing war for five rounds. I'd lean towards Masvidal probably, I think. Ah, I think he's been a bit more active, and I think he's been underrated his whole life, and I think I think he could come out on top, but that is a very, very vague pick. I mean, <laughs> it could go either way. It could, couldn't it? Yes, definitely very even. What are you leaning towards? At the moment, Diaz. Yeah, at the moment, Diaz. I just think he looks quite relentless, particularly in that last fight over five rounds. I think he probably got the size and the reach as well. Obviously, Masvidal's shown that he doesn't really care about that too much recently, hasn't he? But Nate Diaz is a slightly different prospect at the moment. The way they're shaping up. Oh, yeah, I'd go Diaz. So I think it's fair to say the winner in this will get a title shot. I think yeah, that's just the way absolutely. it's going to work. Yeah. Do you fancy any to get a... A chance over whether it's Usman or Covington. I think Masvidal would stand the better chance out of the two, even though I think yeah. Diaz will probably beat beat Masvidal, but it's just matchups, and it? it's just one of those things. I think if the stars align again, if you could somehow get Jorge winning this, 
and Covington beating Usman, you've got yourself a ready-made absolute grudge match there already because they're all at each other's throats. Whether it's organic or not, I don't know. I don't know if they're sort of playing to the the camera, pretending to be former friends or whatever, but either way, it's a pay-per-view fight. Some more big news, literally and figuratively. Rumble Johnson is apparently getting himself back in the pool. He wants to make a comeback in the UFC at heavyweight. Get that man up against Francis. Let's get this going. Oh, yeah, that's... That is a wet dream, that is, son. <laughs> yeah. That's just a ridiculous fight. Definitely, uh, definitely. He's going to have to stay off that... Well, get in the pool for a long time to be clean, let's be honest. I mean, he's absolutely tonk. Nearly as tonk as you, Joe. He's huge at the moment, and he? he is absolutely massive, but... He's got room to put on weight. Obviously, he fought down at welterweight, didn't he? So he's got plenty of room to to make that 265 limit. I reckon he's probably close at the moment. So, yeah, he's going to have to clean himself up and change his routine. But it's just going to be absolute madness when he's back in there. He, he, He could win the title, if you ask me. Easily win the title there. He could beat anyone on his night, couldn't he? Yeah, I mean, who's there? I mean, Cormier will be retired by the time he comes back, I believe. Stipe will be a stand-up fighter for him to fight. Ongano's a stand-up fighter who, who will be knocking around. I mean, who else is there, really? I yeah. mean, Blazy could be a bit of a bit of a tricky customer to overcome. But Rumble's wrestling's no... It's, it's not too bad either. So I, I would fancy him to go on a bit of a run here. Just like you're saying, he needs to clean up his body a little bit, <laughs> piss out some of that hot piss, and he, he should be ready to go. So that's someone coming back. What about someone who's apparently not going to come back? That's Dana White after these videos surfaced last week, which we don't need to get into too much. But he said BJ Penn is not going to fight. He did have a fight booked, and Dana White said, no, we're going to scrap that now. Fair enough, I think, don't you? Yeah, I mean, why is him giving the opportunity to fight again anyway? is ridiculous. What is he, 0-7 in the last five years or yeah. something equally ridiculous? I don't know. Dana says a lot of things, doesn't he? So uh, expect to see BJ Penn versus Rumble Johnson in the near <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, great shout, that is. What about uh, and someone else returning? Joe Lowe's on. He's up against the football commentator, Jonathan Pierce. Yeah, taking a step up or That's down it. here, from whatever you think, um, from the women's football commentary. Jonathan Pierce, has he got a chance, Joe? Well, I think he could bore Lowe's on to death. I think that's probably his best option. <laughs> yeah, he needs a five-rounder, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he needs, he needs 90 minutes, probably. But yeah, Joe Lowe's on, still doing it. Still oh, doing it. Absolute legend. I remember him. I watched his tough. Brilliant. Not sure about this, Jonathan Pierce. I'll have to do a bit more digging, yeah, if I'm definitely. honest. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep our eye out for that. Any more news, Joe? One more for you. JDS up against Volkov uh, in USC, Moscow. Decent little shout. Yeah, a couple of big boys going at it in Moscow. Love it. Nice one. So I think we'll move on to a little preview. We've got an absolutely outstanding card coming up this week. And I think it doesn't get any more outstanding than the main event. It is UFC Fight Night 158. Pretty sure it's in Vancouver, in Canada. And we've got Donald Cerrone up against Justin Gaethje at lightweight. This is one of the best fights you're ever going to see, I would say. How can it not be? Oh, it's a dream matchup. Cowboy back in there again because he's not all there. Gaethje, always not all there. Yeah. So you can't ask for anything more. Two people not all there going at it. Just two... Fan-friendly, easy on the eye, violent fighters, and I can't wait for it. And it has repercussions. I mean, Cowboy lost in his last fight, but he lost to Tony Ferguson. It's no shame in that, and he's still in the mix. A win over Gaethje, he's right back in there. Gaethje, he's on an upwards trajectory as well. 
And you could argue behind Tony Ferguson, he's next in line if he gets a win here. I cannot wait for it stylistically, um, for what happens after the fight, who gets the title shot. Conor McGregor should be sniffing around these um, as well. I mean, it's a great one. I mean, Joe, what's your early thoughts on it? I mean, yeah, before we even get into the fight itself, I think if you're looking at down the road, Cerrone kind of had his chance. But if Gaethje can get past this, and you're thinking that Tony Ferguson's going to fight Khabib next, I think Gaethje absolutely perfect in his own way to fight Khabib so if Gaethje can get this done he's probably going to almost guarantee himself the next title shot and if that is up against Khabib if Tony still can't get it done then I think Gaethje's got a fantastic chance in himself to do that this fight this weekend I mean I've been I've been doubting Cerrone a little bit lately I mean he did lose to Tony fair enough that was he got outclassed a little bit didn't he but Tony is Tony he's up there with Khabib I think I think I think Cerrone might struggle with Gaethje. I don't know. I think, how can you not struggle with Gaethje? He's going to get right up in your face. And the old cliche with Donald Cerrone is that he starts slowly. All right, if you look at his last couple of fights, he hasn't actually done that. He seems to have kind of regenerated, rejuvenated himself a little bit recently. But I really fancy Justin Gaethje to get this done. I think if you look at he had two losses in a row against Alvarez and Poirier, and I think he, was he unbeaten before that, or he, he might have only lost once before that, and. That probably shook him a little bit, and then he's come back and absolutely starts Vic and Barbosa. I think Gaethje's fully primed to get the win against Cerrone this weekend. He's the odds-on one-to-two favourite, so the bookies are agreeing as well. I think it's tailor-made from Joe. I think you touched on many points there that I agree with. I think also, like, Cowboy, he's typically going back under pressure. He, he seems to wilt a little bit. And that's what Gage is going to do. And he does that more better than anyone. He does it more violently than anyone. He comes with more heat than anyone. And I just think the pressure is going to be too much for Cerrone. Yes, he's a bit version two. Cerrone has been better than Cerrone of old. But Gage's style, like you say, I think it's a match up too well for him. And I think it's tailor-made. I think he gets the win. I think he gets the stoppage. And I think he goes on to bigger and better things, whether it be so-called money fight with Connor, if Connor wants any of that smoke, or if he goes on to the title shot. Yeah, Connor don't want that smoke, does he? Nah. Nah. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think you gotta think Connor's missed the boat with taking that cowboy fight. I mean oh, absolutely. He needs a win when he comes back. The guy hasn't won a fight for three to four years now. By the time he gets back in there, it'll be on his fourth year. So he needed to come back, it'd have been tailor made for the cowboy one. It'd been tough, yeah, but it was probably tailor made, more so than Khabib or Gaethje or Ferguson even, he should have come back, won that, and then he would have had more of a case to come back. But now he's talking about coming back, fighting Khabib in the rematch now. There's other people in line, and Gage is uh, knocking on the door. Yeah, definitely, and it was the perfect time to fight Cerrone, weren't it, really? It was a winnable fight, but he'd come off the loss, the back of uh, two impressive victories. Now, if he loses to Gaethje, that's two defeats in a row. Connor comes back and fights him, it will be a fantastic fight, but a lot of people will look at back here and say... Who cares? This bloke's just lost his last two, so he well and truly missed the boat there. Yeah, and I think that's well and that's that's gone. That's sailed. It's got to be, got to be the Gaethje, Ferguson, Khabib. They're the ones you want to be throwing in next. What about the rest of this card? It is an absolutely cracking card. Prelims all the way to the main event, so we might as well run run through them. Co-main is uh, Glover Teixeira up against Nikita Krilov. Uh, Glover odds on odds on four to six. Krilov eleven to ten. Obviously, light heavyweight. Krilov, he's been pretty inactive, hasn't he? I think I'd probably have to go with Glover. He beat uh, Eon Kutalaba and Robeson in his last two. So, yeah, probably sticking him in the neck out with Glover on this one. 
Yeah, he used to do his win one, lose one, didn't he, old globe? And now got two in a row. It's hard to pick at this point. They're, they're both sort of older gentlemen, both light heavyweights, as you alluded to. Anything can happen, but I'd lean to I was uh, big Glover as well. Nice. What you got for me then? Well, you got Todd Duffy coming back. I mean, I have to check it here, Joe. I can't remember the last time Todd Duffy fought, but must be many moons ago now. I've got to say it. Big lad, athletic lad. There was a lot of hype around him early doors. He had a seven-second knockout back in the day. And he, has, he hasn't fought since 2015. He's got knocked out by Frank Mir, so he's making a comeback. Hopefully he's got his shit together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he can make another go at it, because then you can have someone like Todd Duffy versus Rumble Johnson, Francis Ngannou. I mean, he's he looks like a superhero, does Todd Duffy. So hopefully he comes back and, and gets an impressive victory over Jeff Hughes, whoever that is. So, yeah, looking forward to that, as well as Michelle Pereira. Joe, you got to be looking forward to this one. Yeah, he's looked outstanding, hasn't he, Michelle Pereira, recently. Up against Sergei Kandosko, who I don't know too much about, but I do remember seeing his last fight. He looks decent, but yeah, Pereira's the one we're all queuing up to see there. Underneath him, we got Shoeface, Antonio Carlos Jr. against Uriah Hall, middleweight. I reckon someone's getting flatlined in that one, so keep your eye out. I think someone's getting flatlined in every fight, look at them, to be honest. <laughs> I know, it's mad. Oh, aren't they? UFC flatline. You've got Serkinov up against Jimmy Crute, 10-0 Jimmy Crute. Looked absolutely outstanding in his last couple of fights. Beating uh, Sam Alvey and Paul Craig. I think Jimmy Crute is going to do a right little number over Serkinov in this one. Crute's the odds-on 4-6 favourite. Serkinov obviously got sparked by Johnny Walks last time out, which is kind of fair enough. But yeah, I I like Jimmy Crute. I think he's going to do well. This is your classic uh, light heavyweight gatekeeper circling off. So, Crook, can he pass the test? I think he probably can. And then, who else on the prelims? Again, like we say, there's just absolutely tons. Marvin Vittori's found himself on the prelims on this one, up against Andrew Sanchez. You've got Cole Smith, undefeated bantamweight, up against Miles Johns. You've got Marcin Tybura, the heavyweight. Louis Smolka, up against Ryan McDonald in bantamweight. This is, I mean, for just a, a free fight night card... You look at that main event and you look at some of the fighters on here, not the biggest names, but they're all pretty well-known. You know, we've had some recently where they're not well-known at all, and then you have some where they're massively well-known. These are good-level fighters, brilliant matchups. When you look at them on paper, again, from the UFC, main event is outstanding. Absolutely brilliant weekend of fights coming up. Yeah, this is one of those where they've just compiled it with the view to have violent finishes on there. I mean, there's a couple with a few sort of title or ranking implications, but not too many. These are just these are just violent fights. I mean, the undercard seems to be just pure Canada. But on the main card, you've got some very, very exciting fights stylistically. I expect to see probably a finish in all of them. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to say, wouldn't you? You've got Cerrone, Gaethje, obviously lightweight. That's, that's starting it off. Then you've got the light heavies, Glover, Krilov. Then you've got heavyweights, Duffy, Hughes. Then you've got welterweights, Pereira. You look at his finishes, absolutely Lee Ford, then you've got Shoeface, Uriah Hall with middleweight, then you've got Light Evie's circle of crew. Like I say, it's just finish every every fight, isn't it? That is, my man, a proper event. Looking forward to that. Can't wait. Alright then, so quickly, what are you most looking forward to? Main event, is there anything else? Yeah, main event goes without saying, uh, but I've What's got to say I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I've got to say I'm looking forward to Todd Duffy and Pereira. Yeah. Pereira to see if he can sort of follow up on his last win, which was ridiculous. See if he could do it again. And, and like I say, Duffy coming back after X amount of years, hopefully he looks better than ever. But yourself? 
Yeah, I think Pereira, Michelle Pereira, great shout. I, I like Jim Crew, actually. I like Jim Crew. I'm interested to see how he does. He came out of Dana White's contender series. He's coming. He's had three wins in the UFC. Paul Craig, Sam Alvey, very well known, very well seasoned, light heavyweights. Jimmy Crew's beaten all of them. I'm very excited to see how he gets on up against Serkinov, who, despite his kind of up and down form, is probably a, a you know that next level test that he needs. So I'm looking forward to that one. Lovely stuff, Joe. Anything more to throw at me? No, that's all from me. Lovely jubbly. Shall we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to our humble podcast. We are Split Decision UK. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a little follow on there. Uh, if you can go to iTunes, leave a little review or a five star, or if you could subscribe. We've got an email, thesplitdecisionpod at gmail.com. Get in contact, everyone. We'd love to hear from you. We'll get back. We'll get your bets in as well. We'd like to see all your bets and your winners. That'd be nice to get involved in. Other than that, thanks for listening. Have a great week. See you next time. What, my son?